matters of the mind. Are you looking for answers, ideas, or just want someone to listen to you so you can vent? Join Dr. Peter Sacco as he discusses what matters most, issues that surround the mind. He gets to the heart of the matter when it comes to issues involving anger, depression, addictions, fear, anxiety, relationships, sex, abuse, bullying, and everything concerning you. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peter Sacco. Well, hello there, and welcome to Matters of the Mind. What is your greatest concern, and what are you minding your matters on, so to speak? Hi, I'm Dr. Peter Andrew Sacco, host of this lovely, awesome, exceptional show that is put out each week by my wonderful producer and co-host, Todd Miller. How are you, Todd? Good morning. Looking forward to another great show. I love this. We're uh, we're now on iTunes Podcast. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're getting uh, some some great new people listening, which is fantastic, and, and we'd really love if you would take a few minutes out of your day to reach out, contact us with a show idea or a comment on any one of our uh, programs that we are currently offering. Absolutely, folks. And this show is basically for you. Uh, we have a lot, a lot of listeners who tune in from what I hear. They email me, they Facebook me, and sometimes I see stuff posted on Twitter. But don't be bashful. Don't be shy. Definitely get a hold of us if you have an idea for a show. And speaking of shows, we've got an awesome one today. We have a returning guest who is, a, I can say, a colleague, definitely a friend, and definitely an inspiration to not only the people of Canada now, but the United States of America. His name is Sanderson Lang, who is the executive director of Abuse Hurts. Uh, he was a great guest last time, um, uh, honest, forthright, uh, and, and runs a, a pretty pretty significant organization that helps a lot of people. Yeah, and before uh, we bring Sanderson on, which will be in a few minutes, definitely check out the website, abusehurts.ca. They got a wonderful, awesome um, program and campaign up and coming that deals with bullying, which Sanderson will definitely be talking about it. And basically, their, uh, their, their approach on it is take a stand against bullying. And they're hopefully, uh, you will look at it because, as they say, do you think... Uh, I'm a joke, as they put out there in terms of the victim of bullying. And in fact, you can also switch that to the person who is the bully, because many of them suffer from low self-esteem. Oh, absolutely. And there's an amazing video on their homepage if you go to abusehurts.ca. Uh, Sharon Osborne, Charlie Sheen, uh, Jim Carrey, they're all standing up and standing shoulder to shoulder with the CCAA to really encourage people to stop bullying. There's no reason for bullying. I mean, there are reasons for it, why it happens. But there's no good reason why it should be continuing these days. You know what, it's something that over the last couple of years has become extremely uh, more sensitive and important to myself. Um, after sitting on a radio panel, actually the Larry Fedoric show on CKTV one afternoon along with police officers as we fielded calls and discussed issues surrounding bullying, especially in kids and adolescents. But it was just not um, only them. Because adults are not immune to it as well, and it does happen a lot online. And with that said, I am um, really, really excited to have partnered with uh, um, Abuse Hurts, um, their whole organization, as well as definitely Sanderson, who's brought me into the fold, 
um, to per basically uh, proceeds from my latest book that I've co-authored with Debbie Williams called If I Was a Bird, What Kind of Flock Would I Fly With, which, which comes out next month, which is solely based on the premise of bullying, cultural diversity and acceptance in children, um, gender differences, as well as just ideologies and religious beliefs as a whole, because I think more and more... Um, Bullying is on the increase. People uh, say no, it isn't, but I hate to say yes, it is. Unfortunately, no. And I think we're all we're all aware of the big news stories, you know, which capture the eye um, of what what's going on with bullying. But there's there's way more stories that don't make the news that that are in our our circle of friends that we may hear about where people are being bullied and, and you know it's kids mainly but there's still there's adults i mean we've even had guests on that talked about uh, being abused and bullied at work as an adult you know it continues to this day absolutely and you know what i think nobody um has ever been immune to experiencing some sort of bullying or put down behavior in their life as a kid as a teenager as an adult and unfortunately it just it's something that is there and I think as long as there's going to be differences in people difference in our beliefs difference in the colors of our skin our um, religious beliefs as well as even our political beliefs whatever it is and the way our families rear you know rear us this will always be uh, something that's out there um, oh boy when you get started with politics and religion and and even schooling people are entitled to their opinions and some people will fight them, you know, to the death to defend them. And, and where it, where it crosses a line, you know, there's the Japanese philosophy where you never say no, you say yes. I can see your point, but here's my point. So there's always that level of respect, and I find there's very little respect now in a lot of these conversations going on, especially on Facebook, where people are just flaming each other and saying you're an idiot. I don't like what you're saying. So instead of disengaging, it escalates. You know what, Todd, whatever happened, and basically this is within our constitution, not only in our country, Canada, but in the United States and many other countries around the world, freedom of speech and freedom of beliefs, like people do not get this and they do not grasp it. If I don't buy into your religion or if I don't belong in your political system, I believe my own, don't force yours down my throat, you know, kindly, you know, let's have a kind discussion about this, a friendly discussion. But there should never be any lines crossed where you're trying to convert me into your religion, into your politics, whatever it is, because that is bullying, folks. Plain and simple. I mean, if you're just not respecting someone else's opinion and you're trying to cross that line to convert them or or push them in a certain direction, it becomes uh, it becomes abuse. It really, you know, there's being assertive and saying, well, oh, come on, really give it a chance. But then there's being aggressive and being um, abusive where you're. Like you said, being forcing it on someone. And you know what, Todd? Unfortunately, a lot of children witness their parents doing this. Witness some, you know, some folks, whether it be in the media, on television, um, in movies that do this. And they look up to them and they emulate this. And, you know, with that said, um, Canadian statistics, and this is very, you know, pretty recent, that approximately 12% of all girls, and we're talking uh, childhood, less than 13 years of age, and 18% of boys reported bullying others at least twice in the previous month. And of that, 15% of the girls and 18% of the boys reported being victimized <laughs> at least twice over the same period. So if you break that down, 
the suggested estimation of that is that in a classroom of 35 students in Canada, folks, between four and six children are bullying and or being bullied. That is 2015. That's very scary. Very scary. Well, so I guess it all starts with the mindset, Todd. Yeah. If it's going to be, it's basically, it starts in the home. Um, you know, because a lot of parents will say, well, the, 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 whatever happens in schools, that's between the kids to work themselves out, just like us adults working out at work. Folks, you're missing the point. These are kids. They don't have the same skills to work things out that adults do. And if they're working them out the way certain adults are working them out, that is a bad way of working things out. It comes out, it comes out as physical versus uh, emo- emotional or, uh, you know, working it out in another way to talk therapy or something. Absolutely. And so when we return, we're going to have our wonderful, amazing returning guest, Sanderson Lang, the executive director of abusehurts.com.ca. Your internet radio is tuned to Listen Up Talk Radio. You're listening to Matters of the Mind with Dr. Peter Sacco. We will be right back after this short break. The music you'll hear on Out of the Blue will be jazz for the most part. No specific styles or genres. Every piece of music is hand-picked to deliver quality performances. Out of the Blue can be heard on rtds.ca, live Mondays, 1 to 3 p.m., and encore performances Tuesday to Friday, anytime on demand. It's the true spirit of jazz, a touch of everything and then some. Thanks for listening. I'm Larry Green. Peter Andrew Sacco, and do you have technological rage? Oh yeah, the new rage of anger. Download my new book today, Technological Rage, on my website, www.petersacco.com, and learn what technological rage is and how it is sweeping people today, leading to online dating anger, texting anger, and social online networking forums. Hmm, did you ever think you might get angry texting? Facebooking or online dating, maybe you never thought it would happen to you, or maybe you know somebody that has this and you just need to understand it a little more. Welcome back to Mental Health Matters with your host, Dr. Peter Sacco. Well, hello there, and welcome back to Matters of the Mind. As we were talking about uh, today's show, before we went to break, we're talking about bullying. How serious is it? Um, before, it used to be something that we used to kind of just see in movies. We used to see in media, kind of. We see it in uh, public service announcements on you know commercials on TV. But a lot of people don't think that it happens in their own backyard. And before we went to break, I gave you the stat that roughly between four and six children are bullied or the bully themselves in any classroom of 35 students. So now on our show, as we promised our great guest, Sanderson Lang, who is the executive director of Abuse Hurts. How are you, Sanderson? I'm terrific. I'm terrific, Peter. So Sanderson, um, before we get into all the stuff uh, that you guys are doing on bullying, um, the new campaigns that's coming out, um, tell us about Abuse Hurts, because there's a lot of folks 
that have not heard you and you were on the show before or do not have it, uh, a, a working knowledge of what abuse hurts actually does and where you guys are located. So I guess that's the first and best place to start. Well, Abuse Hurts is the brand for uh, organizations that are dealing with the broad issue of abuse, but especially the, the issue of bullying, because bullying is, is, is really at the heart of uh, the abuse issue in, in terms of the power relationships that lead to abuse, where we're looking at where one person exercises power over another, and, and the other way of looking at that is where one person gives up their power to another, and that that ends up uh, with somebody being hurt. And so uh, Abuse Hurts is, is, is our way of, of capturing all of that. And the message that we want to get out to people with this is that, uh, you know, there is a hurt, and the impact of that hurt is, is felt not just by the individual, but it's felt by everybody in the society because we're all paying for it in our health care system, in, in workplaces uh, where there's a drop in productivity, uh, we're paying for it, and, and our kids not being able to be as productive or as successful as possible, the, the impacts on the economy just uh, go on and on. So abuse hurts is our way of expressing that, and uh, in the United States we have the Center for Abuse Awareness, and uh, they're, they're abusehurts.com. And here in Canada, it's the Canadian Center for Abuse Hurts, and that's abusehurts.ca. And uh, and then there's, you know, abusehurts.uk, .australia, .sweden, etc. And for those listening that actually wonder, uh, we Todd and I kind of touched about what bullying is, and I think, you know, you can get more into it, Sanderson. But one of the things... Um, as a psychologist, as a professional that does a lot of stuff out in the community on bullying and teaching this kind of stuff, that is uh, breaking down the aspects of bullying, both the victim and the offender, the perpetrator of the bullying. The, the key thing to remember is that bullying is something that usually uh, has four key elements to it, that there's generally a power imbalance, meaning that one is stronger than the other, and it doesn't necessarily have to be physical. It could be psychological or emotional or intelligence-wise. There's always the bully's intent to harm. That's why it is an act of violence. It, there's repeated over time that it's progressive and potential. In, in some cases, it does get worse. And then also there's the victim's distress for which the bully relies on to kind of get the arousal from not, not only others watching it, but for themselves in a perverse way, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. You said you said something interesting, Peter, when you're talking about the four key elements. And the first one you said was it a, a power imbalance, and you said it could be personal, it could be emotional. It's also um, the, the work relationship I find between a manager and, and a and a supervisor, or you know where there's somebody that's superior. There's a, a feeling of um, superiority that sometimes enters that relationship, and that's where bullying can happen very easily. Absolutely. You know, and with that said, I think, Sanderson, Todd and I were talking about it, that a lot of this is learned, you know, in childhood by witnessing parents and even shows, movies, that kind of stuff that see it. And the kid says, hey, that's a good way of solving problems. Or then the flip side, as Todd just brings up, like a lot of this goes on at work with adults and they're being potentially bullied at work. And then they come home and they take it out on the kids. Well, you know, I've, I was uh, doing a, a talk at the, uh, the Hospital for Sick Children 
uh, filming a short while ago uh, in cooperation with Janet King, who's uh, the head of Kids Now, which is an after-school mentoring program. And when Janet talks to, to kids about this issue uh, and talks to their parents, she focuses in on, you know, the parents and not the kids and saying, parents, you know, there's, there's two issues for you. One, you know, stop bullying yourself. You know, um, the ways in which you are hard on yourselves and, and you take the issues out on yourself, you, just as you say, Peter, you model behavior for your children. And you end up bullying your kids as a result of the bullying you're taking. And so much of it is, is something that uh, is sort of self-inflicted. And uh, or may have happened uh, as a result of something at work uh, because the bullying doesn't stop when you're a kid if the issues are unresolved. And uh, Janet's point is that if you want to uh, make children more uh, sort of bullying resistant, then for starters, don't bully yourself. And secondly, make sure that your, your kid has the self-esteem and, uh, and values uh, you know, their own power and where they fit in in the universe. And uh, other people aren't going to be able to deflect a child away from that if, if that's the feeling they've got, that they're loved, they love themselves, and uh, they're not about to give their power to anyone. It's, it's an incredibly difficult job as a parent to raise children these days with the the gamut of, of influences that our, the kids today have. And, I, you know, I, I'm almost 50 years old, so, I mean, I had a much simpler upbringing. But the the power that kids have these days to impact their peers is is astounding. And, and by impact, it can be positive or negative impacting and, and programming. And um, I just wonder if parents are aware of that. Like you said, raising their self-esteem, teaching them to do good in the world. And, and so many aren't. And that's where a lot of these problems are stemming from because the self-esteem is lacking. So they leave home and they go, I'm going to make myself feel better. I'm going to control somebody. And they don't maybe say it that way, but they go out to seek it. Well, I, I think you're hitting it on the head, Todd. It, it's, you know, as, as parents, uh, you know, I have four kids, uh, ages 28 down to 15. And, um, you know, there's sort of good days and bad days. And, and uh, the successes and, and failures in, in uh, you know, our efforts as parents to, to, to bestow upon our children the, the, the confidence and the, the goodness, we'll call it, uh, within them that allows them to uh, sort of weather the storm if, if someone is, is uh, pulling a bullying trip on them and, and to not be in a position where they feel a need to, to bully anyone else. And it is a, a difficult task, but I think it is the task. And if there was only one task that we accomplished with our children, uh, you know, creating that that sense within them, that sense of security and, and safety and, and uh, being cared about and being okay with the world. Uh, you send a child like that out into the world, uh, they're not going to do any harm, or they're less likely to do any harm. and. Uh, they're less likely to uh, be impact, uh, impacted by others. 
So Sanderson, one of the things that, since I've started getting more into becoming a spokesperson, educator in this stuff, in bullying, um, I've noticed a tremendous shift, especially in the last two years, that there's more of it occurring and it's the girls, the young girls that are the bullies. In fact, a lot of uh, boys are the victims of not only other boys picking on them, but also girls picking on them. I don't, do you find that this is a growing trend? Do you have anything on this? Well, uh, we see it as a growing trend overall uh, in, in a number of areas. If, if we look at, uh, you know, related subjects and, and how some of these things manifest themselves in, in substance abuse, alcoholism, um, there is a, a trend upwards within female population uh, towards getting into problems and uh, things that had previously, I think, been characterized as, you know, pretty much a, a male issue. I think you're, the pattern you're seeing is absolutely uh, dead on. This is what's happening. Uh, and as, when we get into areas, things like cyberbullying and stuff, uh, you know, into the more psychological uh, areas, uh, you know, movies like Mean Girls and, and uh, you know, things like that, you know, suggest that, uh, you know, girls can hold their own when it comes to being mean. There's, I guess it's really changed when, uh, and to go back to my personal experience, that's what I, the context is always for me. Um, bullying had to be done in person when I was younger. And, and by that, I meant uh, there was somebody waiting for me after school who was going to beat me up or there was somebody in the playground who didn't like my clothes and wanted to make me feel bad about it. Generally, it was done in person. You, know, you never picked up the phone when you were a kid and made a threatening phone call. But now it's there's this insidious uh, method now of bullying and it's called cyberbullying. Everybody's familiar with the term because it's so easy now for kids who are electronically enabled with their iPods or iPads or iPhones to very quickly reach out to a classmate or a friend and say something nasty or hurt them somehow. It's just so instantaneous and there's no break because some kids I know, including my daughter, leave their phones on all night. So the phone's constantly lighting up with texts, whether they're good or bad. What are your feelings on that, Sanderson? Well, I, I, I see that same pattern with my own kids or with the cell phones where uh, we try and have a, a rule in the household that, uh, you know, they, they turn their phones off at night. Um, and I, I wish I could say I was more successful at that. It's uh, like we don't uh, allow uh, cell phones uh, at use at dinner time, mm -hmm. and uh, and yet I regularly catch my kids sort of staring down. And, and when I explore a little further, I I can see what they're staring at. There's you know messages coming in. They've got it, the uh, you know the alarms and, and ringer turned off, but uh, they're still uh, picking up messages. And uh, it, it is a constant. Uh, the research in uh, texting shows us that, uh, you know, the, most young people, but it, it also applies to adults as well, you know, are never more than three feet away from their phone at any given time, 24-7. And the, the timeline between the text message coming in and, and being answered is extremely short, much shorter than an email or any other form of messaging. So, you know, you you can get to people uh, very quickly. And 
th- that's you know a, a large part of the issue is that as you say you know when we grew up this was up close and personal and uh, you know it was scary enough that way but now that people can reach out they can find you almost anywhere and uh, it's like guerrilla warfare you know they they hit and run uh, and you, you don't see them. You, you don't even know who they are. That's true. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty insidious. And uh, it's when a child has that happening and, uh, you know, is exposed to, uh, you know, a, a great multitude of messages coming at them, uh, all seeming to, uh, you know, um, be a coherent message, a collective message, when they they might not even uh, be related, uh, it's it's very overpowering, and that's where we see some kids just not able to take it anymore, and they end up taking their own lives because uh, you know if they think the world is against them. And uh, I've I've been sent some of the messages uh, that uh, you know teens and and in this case girls had had sent to uh, another girl, in in which the message was very clear: it said we don't like you. You know, um, you know, you're ugly. Uh, you know, if you want to kill yourself, that's okay with us. We wow. think that that's a that's that's a good plan for you. And uh, you know, over time, that messaging, you know, constantly coming through, um, is is horrific for for anybody to be dealing with, but especially a young person. It's such a shame that. Um, you, you, I find it in in reality that kids are getting great messages from a lot of parents and it goes a long way to self-esteem, but a lot of children tend to put their stock in their friends and and what those peer relationships are like. You know, do my peers like me? Uh, Do they like what I wear? Do they like what I think and say? Do they like the music I I listen to? Um, What are there any tools that, that parents can employ to help when a child has been a victim of cyberbullying, when I was a kid, if it was bullying, my parents would talk to the other parents and say, hey, Johnny's being rough with Todd. Uh, let's work it out. Now, again, because like you said, it's insidious, it's it's hidden, it's in the shadows. Um, are there any tools that parents can put in place to help their children through this? Well, I, I think it, it starts with uh, parents being aware of what's going on with their kids. Uh, you know, in so many instances, we see a pattern where uh, a child has, uh, you know, a, a teen has gotten into trouble, is at a difficult emotional state long before the parents ever find out anything about it. But there have been, you know, red flags that have been going up all along that the parents are, well, I don't know, uh, you know, yeah, they, they seem a little different, uh, they kind of keep them to themselves. Uh, you know, they're not hanging out with their friends the way they used to. Um, you know, when I say, you know, do you want to come out to the mall and, and do a little shopping there? They're not interested in going. Um, you know, they play with their food at the table. They, they don't seem, you know, their appetite's off. And you think, uh, well, you know, something's going on with them. There, there's you know, maybe a little phase they're going through, what kid doesn't go through, you know, some little thing. But and, unless these things are addressed, uh, unless the, the child is in a position to tell their parent about what's going on. And uh, very often the the parent has to do, you know, a little drilling. And, uh, you know, without uh, 
giving them the third degree, um, you know, they have to ask the questions, you know, what's happening? Here's what, here's what I've noticed. I've seen a change in your behavior. I've seen a change in your school marks. Uh, you know, something's going on, and we need to be able to talk about it. And, and if you can't talk to us as parents, you know, we'd like you to talk to somebody, you know, who, you know, whether it's a good friend, whether it's a counselor at school, a favorite teacher, uh, you know, Aunt Sally, you know, whoever it is that you're, you know, can talk to. But you need to talk about this. You need to express what's going on because something's going on and we need to get to the root of it. And until that happens, there's not a whole lot that uh, can happen. Um, and so I would say first, you know, is communication, that you have to open the communication channels. You have to know what's going on with your kids. And you, and you, you can't sit back and wait and see, thinking, well, you know, it may be nothing, it may be something. Well, if it's something, uh, you don't want to find that out the hard way. And you don't want to find out when it's too late or when the problem has gotten extremely serious. Uh, you know, the child needs help, needs help now. Uh, and so they need to know that that support is there, that they're not alone. Uh, because very often that's, you know, the pattern is that the child feels isolated, uh, feels like they're, they're, they're cut out of the pack and uh, that they're completely alone. And uh, when you're in that position, you know, whether you're dealing with uh, a mental health issue, whether it's an addiction, no matter what you're dealing with, that then becomes uh, uh, a place where it's hard to dig yourself out of the hole that's been created. Absolutely, Sanderson. I think you couldn't, you know, nobody could have said it better than that. In fact, uh, the traditional uh, approach to bullying a lot of people used to say was fight back you know fight your own battles make it go away and i think both you guys touched on some really key points because you know as todd as you brought up a lot of it has gone to cyber and the problem is nowadays is when you do start bullying there is this false sense of bravado uh, and even you know like toughness because you're doing this online that now victims will fight back online and then what you get into this tremendous cesspool of just backbiting back and forth online where this bullying just gets out of hand. And not only is it one-on-one, -on -one, it gets people involved in these chat rooms, it gets them on Facebook and all that kind of stuff, which really gets it bad. So I think, Sanderson, before we go to break, what you said basically, children who are being bullied should definitely find a trusted adult, report what is happening. And the key element in terms of being a victim of bullying is to be assertive, which means reporting it, talking about it, and not being aggressive. So this takes us to our break. When we come back, Sanderson will share more about uh, bullying, what's going on with abuse hurts, and how you can be a difference maker in the changing world of people's lives in terms of making it better. We'll be right back. Hang tight. More Matters of the Mind right around the corner on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 
36 years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. Welcome to my new book, Niagara's Most Haunted Legends and Myths, which is not just a book about ghosts and haunted places, rather about history in the Niagara region. This book explores and uncovers parts of the Niagara region which are considered some of the richest in North American history and the most haunted. As a matter of fact, one of the bloodiest battles in North American history, the War of 1812, between the British and the Americans was fought here. And this year, the bicentennial year anniversary of the War of 1812 is covered in this book. This book explores most of the haunted places, legends that have existed from the 1800s right now to 2012. Each chapter covers a different type of landmark which not only educates readers on historical significances, but also entertains with anecdotal ghost stories and paranormal investigations. Join me in this book as we visit beds and breakfasts, ships and boats, trains, tunnels, museums, mansions, highways, forts, cemeteries, waterfalls, and many more, and see if the Niagara region is really haunted. Niagara's Most Haunted Legends and Myths is now available at Indigo Chapters and online on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com and visit our website, www.niagara'smosthaunted.com. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Welcome back to Mental Health Matters with Dr. Peter Sacco on radio that doesn't suck.com and rtds.ca. Well, hello there and welcome back to Matters of the Mind. Whatever is on your mind definitely matters to us and what matters to us today and should be mattering to a lot of people anywhere, no matter how old you are, what walk of life you're from, who your family is, what your job is, what your interests are, it's bullying because bullying affects everybody, either directly or indirectly. And speaking of um, the two concepts of direct and indirect bullying, did you know that direct bullying is the actual physical bullying or the psychological mental abuse or even spiritual abuse of another individual but oftentimes what gets left out of the equation is the indirect bullying which is sometimes through gossip spreading bad rumors spreading uh, mistruths about other people and also indirect bullying is witnessing it and this also pertains to adults teachers whomever you are witnessing it and not doing anything about because indirectly that's a form of neglect and you're not rectifying the problem so with us today is Sanderson Lang, who is the executive director of Abuse Hurts. So Sanderson, do you yeah, find me. your opinion on it is that neglect itself, just hoping that it'll go away on its own, not doing anything about it, is that just as bad as bullying? Well, it is. Uh, you know, you can't take a head in the sand uh, approach to this. This is something that requires uh, direct. And, and sustained action. Uh, you know, it's not something that uh, is as easily settled as Todd's example before. You know, uh, the temptation where one parent can call another parent and, and uh, you know, that that's going to work everything out. 
um, you know, I was alerted to a circumstance uh, uh, in a school, in a private school, where the parents were both on the the student council, and uh, you know, they, one child was was bullying another, and the parent complained to the other parent, and complained to the school board, and, and complained to the school authorities and management, and uh, right on up the line, and and none of it uh, worked. And she found out later that the person who was doing the bullying uh, was in, in treatment. Uh, you know, the parents were uh, getting help for this person, but they didn't want to talk about it because they, they didn't want to break uh, confidentiality about uh, what this child was going through. So it's, it's not always a case of, of just being able to uh, go to the school or go to the parent or go to your boss. Uh, whoever it is that you think might rectify the situation, uh, you know, it, it very often takes a longer, more sustained approach. Uh, but it has to be begun. It has to be started. You know, action has of some sort has to be taken. Well, what's interesting about your, your and I'm glad you bring it up, Sanderson. Are there's a there's the how should we put the bystanders? that'll wait it out and they'll say you know what it's kids being kids they're just being themselves this is how they deal with stuff they're just being immature at this point and they will grow out of it okay so let's just say hypothetically they do grow out of it i.e what we're talking about here is the bully growing out of it because the victim has nothing to grow out of because they're just being you know they're being picked on which is a horrible thing so even if you use this rationale, that person who says, well, let's just wait it out. Kids will be kids. They'll outgrow this. By the time they get to high school, it'll be different. Or by the time they graduate high school, go to college, university, or get a career, they'll be different. Maybe. Because most bullies do go on to become delinquents in a lot of cases or get hooked up on drugs, alcohol, that year, that stuff. But even without that said, the victim, once victimized, that is traumatic for anybody listening. There's a lot of issues surrounding that, anxiety disorders, depression, even low self-esteem, and even, you know, suicidal tendencies. So when you hear that, Sanderson, let's let the kids straighten it out themselves, take care of it themselves, because it's a kid's issue, not an adult's issue. What comes to mind immediately? Well, um, as I said, I've, I've got four kids, uh, so I'm a parent. Uh, and with varying degrees of success. I, I haven't always gotten the best report card on my own parenting. So um, I, I say this uh, somewhat cautiously uh, because I've, I've not perfected this in any means myself. However, I think this is a parenting issue. Uh, I, I don't think you can uh, slough it off and say, well, that's just the way kids are. What that means is that's the way your children have been brought up in your home. And I think, uh, you know, the ideal situation is that your children go out into the world and conduct themselves, uh, you know, in a, in a loving, responsible manner, uh, the, the way they've been taught. And, and if they've been brought up in a faith, uh, you know, the way the, uh, the practices of whatever that faith is. Uh, so, you know, those are the hopes and ideals. And yes, it doesn't work all the time. And, and uh, you know, no one's uh, perfect and uh, these things happen. But I think the issue has to come back to the parents and looking at what's happening in the home, what kinds of messaging, um, you know, are you sending your kid out into the world uh, prepared, 
to uh, look after themselves. Are, you know, are they street-proofed? Are, are they uh, somebody that uh, doesn't have victim written all over them? Uh, because, uh, you know, uh, perpetrators can, can pick that kid out on the street, the, the, the one that's going to be an easy victim. And, and bullies can as well. And so, uh, you know, whether it's a case of how they conduct themselves or if, if they're just, you know, different from, from everyone else in, in some way, some respect, uh, uh, you know, who they are, their, their gender, their, their uh, sexual preference, uh, you know, whatever the factors might be. Uh, I think, it, it, you know, if, as parents, we have to own this. We have to take it on ourselves to uh, be sending our kids out into the world uh, in a bully-proof condition, uh, which means that they're, they're not inclined to, to bully someone else and they're not inclined uh, to be the victim. It's interesting you say that. I, I want to just touch up on something else for a second. You, you said they're, they're bullied. It's almost like they have markers. It's almost like they have an, an invisible or a semi-visible word written on their forehead saying, bully me, I'm ready to be bullied. And I know in my past experience talking to survivors of, of physical abuse by men, these women somehow have carry these markers. And it's easy for a bully or someone who is a um, someone that wants to control them to see them and, and is that the same with bullying or do they have some sort of marker do they have some sort of way they carry themselves that a bully would look at them and go there's my next target well i i think bullies do exactly that you know the, they can scan the room and they can pick out you know the people and especially if they've observed them in the in the schoolyard or uh, you know in an office setting or wherever it might be um you know Bullies know those markers, and it's and it's almost you know the way uh, you know a shark can pick up vibrations in the water. Uh, you know they hone in on on those kids uh, who are vulnerable, and um, uh, you know we have lots of people in our society who are vulnerable for different reasons, and uh, you know the, part of the task is is to uh, reduce that vulnerability. And, and hopefully eliminated. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up, Sanderson, because I was uh, doing a radio show just the other day and somebody had brought it up. They said, what is it with uh, bullying nowadays that makes it so readily more accessible? And we touched upon the idea that it's online. And so what's interesting about this is back in the day, if you were physically bullied, you would see kids transfer schools. They would go to a completely different school and all was basically well, as long as the transfer and that was done at the beginning of the school year when cliques were formed that new kids could kind of fit in and establish friendships. Unfortunately now, and as we talked, I talked about this on a show with a, a lady that's a special needs teacher. She says, Peter, it's horrendous at this point now because you transfer schools. Everybody's on MySpace, Facebook. Kids are t tweeting, and they're saying, hey, this kid's going to be coming to your school. He's just been picked on at our school. And as you said, Sanderson, it's like the blood's thrown in the water. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. You know, uh, you, you, can't, uh, you can't run away. Uh, you know, you, I've seen so many situations where uh, the kids, you know, they're being changed from their schools. Um, 
they uh, I've seen situations where uh, kids, you know, have, have mo- been moved away. Uh, in one case uh, I dealt with recently where the, the child was moved from the United States to Canada, uh, you know, all in an effort to, you know, get away from the, the circumstance. But if the child uh, doesn't have what I'm going to refer to as bullyproofing, um, then uh, it doesn't matter where you are. You know, the uh, sharks are everywhere. So looking at this then, I guess, Anderson, um, should, in your opinion, uh, I've always preached this, do you think there should be some sort of life skill courses offered at the elementary school level which covers bullying and why it's wrong? And I've always said a lot of it would then have to include the idea of discussing uh, divorced families, uh, dysfunctional families issues that have gone into families and when I proposed this to school boards back in the day when I was involved with Canadian Mental Health Association and also private practitioner they said great idea Pete great on paper but you're not going to get parents and there'll be some teachers that'll be against this because it's too personal and it's stuff they don't want to be responsible for so they used to say this has got to, the kind of stuff that's got to be talked about and discussed at home but if we're looking at the track record of it as sure as heck ain't happening at home so do you think we're at this stage of the game now where we should actually start implementing life skill courses within the school system, literally like a real course, on how to treat people better? Well, you know, how we interact interpersonally one with another, um, you know, is at, at the root of it. And, you know, our work in, in this whole field is to create a new paradigm uh, of how we interact with one another that uh, removes the violence, removes the abuse uh, from it. And, uh, you know, the school, uh, you know, is a great resource, uh, a great center, a great opportunity to uh, highlight some of these issues. But just as you say that unless, uh, you know, as parents, we send our kids off to school and say, well, you know, I'm having a terrible time, let them you fix them. Uh, you know, that's not their job. Uh, that's not what they're there to do. Uh, however, they can be a great resource. And if programs in schools were to include the life skills, and this was a, a, life, a recognized life skill necessity, then uh, the school could play a really important role in drawing parents into that kind of learning. And, you know, the issue is it isn't bringing the kids to school for it. It's bringing the parents. It's parents who have to come back to school and, and learn uh, about these life skills and, and learn about the impact uh, that all of this is having on their kids to be in, in a position to, to feel strong enough themselves that they've got uh, the right insights and the, the right instructions uh, because the parents who say, you know, just stand up and fight and make sure you get in the first blow and make sure, you know, that bully doesn't get up. You know, if, if you only got one shot at them, make it count. Uh, you know, as a, as a philosophy, um, you know, I've, I've, I've considered that as a philosophy, and uh, everything that I've come to understand, is that doesn't work. And it, it, it's only going to lead to more trouble, and it's not at the, you know, the sort of spiritual root of, of uh, where I'm trying to go with my children. So um, I think uh, you're absolutely right, Peter. There's a, there's a strong role for the, skill, uh, the school to play, 
it's in the life skills area, and it's the parents who need to take the course. I think because the costs are so very real, you know, for example, you just mentioned the, the family moving from the United States to Canada. There's a very real cost associated to that job change, school change, financial money to, to get them, you know, buy and sell houses. This is That's an in, incredible move for for a, a case of bullying. And I think society as a whole, including the school boards, needs to really address this. I think it's it's slowly being dragged out into the spotlight. But that is just incredible that a family would need to change countries, never mind counties or schools, need to change countries to escape bullying. That just boggles my mind. Yeah, it's, it's the lengths that people will go to because they, they've tried everything and uh, apparently nothing works because no one's prepared uh, to deal with the issue. Um, you know, there, there are some great programs in schools that, that deal with bullying. There's, there's lots of great organizations in this country uh, that deal with the issue. Uh, you know, we have uh, lots of uh, experts, and, and, uh, and thank goodness uh, Peter's gotten into the field and, and uh, is writing on this and bringing this to attention in this show and in, in other instances. Uh, so there are some good things happening and, and uh, some expertise to apply to all of this. Uh, but we're, we're kind of at an early stage. Uh, you know, we're, it, it's, it's a staggering to think, well, wait a second, you know, the bullying's been around a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and here we are at, at this point and uh, these kinds of instances happening in the United States. We lose six, by lose, I mean six children a day die as a result of suicide directly related to bullying. Six kids a day. And, uh, you know, where, where are we going? Where have we missed the boat? How can, how can that not be an epidemic? Uh, you know, uh, this is an issue that we really have to get on top of, it, and things have to happen. Uh, you know, we've got to do a lot of catch-up here. I want to just touch very quickly on your philosophy. Um, you, you said not to be the aggressor, but you don't want them to back down. Um, as the father of a special needs child um, who has Asperger's, I'm finding a lot of kids that have Asperger's and ASD, autism spectrum disorder, are being bullied because they look different, they act different, they have got certain mannerisms. It's been suggested to me that and it was just in the paper last week that kids with ASD and autism and uh, generally do better when they have uh, some self-defense training, not for the ability to protect themselves, but because it does so much for their self-esteem and confidence. I was wondering what your opinion would be on that. Well, you know, uh, I think anyone um, who is is vulnerable uh, because of, of special circumstances, uh, you know, needs to have that kind of training, uh, some way of, of being able to cope uh, with the, the realities of, of bullying uh, and prejudices and, and uh, other circumstances like that, uh, because it's going to happen, uh, and because they are so, so much more vulnerable. And I think, uh, you know, it's, uh, every, everyone uh, needs that kind of training. Uh, everybody needs that kind of uh, capacity in their life to, to be able to ward things off. Uh, and, you know, we could probably learn a, a great deal uh, about how kids 
uh, with special needs uh, deal with these sorts of situations, um, and it would probably provide us with some good insights about how we should all be doing. Absolutely. Uh, Sanderson, we have roughly a few minutes left, and before we let you go, and we're definitely going to get you back on the show in the next couple months again to follow up with this, because this is awesome, uh, what you're doing. What uh, can you explain uh, briefly? Tell us a little bit about this upcoming bullying project that you have out there that's going to be touching many lives in a great positive way. Well, we have a project underway at the moment that we hope is going to have worldwide impact. Uh, we're very fortunate in that uh, some recording artists and entertainment celebrities have come together to rally around the bullying cause. And uh, several recording artists have written a, a song called Do You Think I'm a Joke? And it's at the very root of, of the bullying issue. And uh, it started off with just a few, and then some, a few more joined in. And now there's over 35 artists who've recorded their part of the, of the song. Um, and it's sort of like a We Are the World kind of uh, experience. And what they did was, after they recorded their, their portion of the song, they did a, a little interview about why they're interested in the subject, how they feel about it, their own uh, bullying experience. And we now took a look at the content of all of this and realized we've got the makings of a, a feature documentary. So we contacted Adam Leipzig, uh, who's a Hollywood producer and has had 10 Academy Award nominations, for which he's won two, and uh, asked him if he would like to go for number 11 by... <laughs> You know, sort of being an executive producer of our movie, and to my utter amazement, frankly, he said yes, he would love to because his daughter was cyberbullied. And so he's joined the team, and so now we've got a song, we've got a feature film that's going to be coming out, and uh, we're looking at uh, a whole new way of reaching out with musicians uh, because, you know, music is as universal experience as is bullying. And so we think uh, it's a way to deliver this messaging to, to people who really need it. Awesome, 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 Sanderson. This is totally long overdue. And for those that want to know more about this, definitely go to abusehurts.ca in Canada. And if you're in the States, abusehurts.com. And we will have links up for this on our website. So, Sanderson, thank you so much, my friend, for joining us. You're definitely always, always welcome back. And we'll have you back very, very soon. Well, Peter, Todd, it's always a pleasure and uh, happy to join you anytime. And don't forget, abusehurts.ca in Canada, abusehurts.com in the U.S. if you're listening from down there. We've got listeners everywhere, so uh, by all means, check them out and uh, stay tuned. A few more minutes of, as I remember the show name, Matters of the Mind coming up. Stay tuned. Matters of the Mind, and this basically is a show wrap. A couple minutes of opinions, and I guess the question that I can ask you, Todd, and everybody listening out there, is back in the day, bullying was just seen as, unfortunately, I will put this out there, the norm. Kind of like a part of life. You deal with it, it makes you stronger, 
basically if it doesn't kill you. Unfortunately, folks, today it is killing people. So bullying is wrong. Uh, you know, yeah, it was a fact of life. And I think we touched a little bit on the on the fact that while you would like kids to work it out, you always, you know, your kids are fighting in the house and you get guys work it out. You know, you don't want to always have to intercede and solve their problems. But this crosses a line where there's a, a major power struggle. And, uh, you know, if it was happening in the home where one older child was bullying a larger child or a smaller child, always getting the toys, choosing where to sit, choosing what TV program to watch, you'd have to do something about it. So just because it's outside of your home doesn't necessarily mean that it's out of, out of sight, out of mind. You really still need to be on top of it. Absolutely. And folks, if you're witnessing it, experiencing it yourself, or you are the bully, bottom line, just say no. Be the change that you want to see in the world to make it a better place and just develop a zero tolerance for it. Thanks for tuning in. You can catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash listenuptalkradio. You can find Dr. Sacco at Dr. Uh, sorry, petersacco.com. And you can also find him on Facebook, Peter Andrew Sacco. We thank you very much for listening. We encourage you to reach out to the program through email or through Facebook or Twitter. Find us on Twitter at, at Listen Up Talk and join the conversation. We will catch you right back here next Wednesday at 8 p.m. You've been listening to Matters of the Mind on Listen Up Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Peter Andrew Sacco. Reach him on his website, petersacco.com, or you can reach him through Listen Up at talk-radio.ca. We really thank you for listening. Reach out to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash listenuptalkradio, on Twitter at at listenuptalk. We'll catch you next week. You don't need no pills. That man is not your man. And that's why I'm